Do you ever feel that the productive part of your life is pretty much over? Do you feel that you've outlived your usefulness? Maybe you feel sick of life. Maybe you feel sick of kingdom work. Or maybe, just maybe, you feel dead inside. If you can identify with any of those things that I just mentioned, today's message is just for you. Get ready for a message entitled, Raising a Robe Maker. Hi, I'm Randall Sims and this is my podcast. Jesus the Christ at the cross of Calvary purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. John 14, verse 12. Jesus was doing miracles as Jesus tended to do. His disciples were with him, and he told them this in verse 12. Verily, verily, which means truly, truly, or I tell you the truth. I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus said it. It's a promise. It's true. Amen. Greater works for certain people. Certain people shall do greater works. Now, who was he talking about? It tells us right there in the scripture. He that believeth. I've heard people suggest that he was only talking to the disciples that were with him at the time. That's not accurate because it says he who believeth. Are we believers today? Do we believe How much do we believe? Do we truly believe? If we do, then he is talking to us. So think about the works that Jesus did. What did he do? He healed the sick. He resurrected the dead. He caused blinded eyes to see. He administered hearing to the deaf. He caused the lame to walk. And most importantly, he administered salvation to the people. He facilitated the the forgiveness of of sins to the people so these are amazing works and because he goes to the father because of what jesus did his promise to us who believe is that we shall do even greater works now here's the exciting thing about that in all these 2047 years however long it's been since we don't know exactly but roughly 2000 years since jesus walked the earth we can say probably and mostly in agreement that the works that Jesus did, nobody has come out with a bigger, more successful ministry than Jesus. So what does that mean for us who believe? That it is still yet to come, church. It is still yet to come. Do we believe the word of God or do we discount and not believe it? Do we leave out the parts that we're not comfortable with or the parts that seem far-fetched? We believe everything we read online, everything we see on Facebook, right? So how about if something is, well, hopefully we don't, but a lot of people do. How about if we take the word that was inspired by God himself? The words, very words spoken and recorded that Jesus promised. So we know 
that we've got something to look forward to. Though things might seem bleak, and I have to fight, and I'm probably not the only one, I have to fight depression sometimes. Do you? Because of the, thing, the state of the world, I like it when everybody gets along and everything's going smoothly. I don't like it when one side's constantly fighting the other. And we feel like the walls of the world are closing in on us and we don't feel secure in the way that, um, that we've always worshipped. We feel that that might be taken away. I don't feel good about those things and it's discouraging, but we've got something to look forward to. Sometimes we can be tempted to feel like, well, it's just about over. The church is not having the attendance that it had. People are not being reached like they were. Ministries are shutting down. People are are feeling discouraged. Pastors and ministers are quitting daily. And that might be true. It might be true. But here's the thing that we need to understand. God's not done with us yet. If we believe the promise... We know that we need to get plugged into the power and keep on trucking. It would be very discouraging if we knew that we didn't have anything to look forward to. Because if you've read the book of Revelation, you know that, yeah, in the back, in the, in the end, finally we win. But if we thought that the very end was all that we had to look forward to, it would be kind of like, why even bother in the meantime? Why even try? You know, Jesus is coming back. We're going to be with him forever. That's good. Let's just skip ahead. I'm just going to sit here and kind of wait to die until that happens. It can be tempting to feel that way. But we have to remember to daily get into God's word. So, How many of you have thought about that scripture this week that I just read? Isn't it encouraging? Hey, and that's just one scripture. Imagine when you have 66 books chock full of scripture. How encouraging that's going to be for you on a daily basis if you get into God. And I'm not saying that you're not already getting into God's word. But if you're not, make sure you do that every day. Get your time every day with God. Because you see... We've got something to look forward to, but we're not going to get there as quickly as we can and as efficiently as we can if we're not doing the things that God has anointed us and called us to do. So thank God that it's not over. We don't need to be discouraged. We just need to know that we're in a wilderness kind of time right now, but that is coming to an end. Raising a robe maker. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 32. And it came to pass... As Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down and also to the saints which dwelt at a place called Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years, meaning that he had been confined with sickness to his bed for eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed And Aeneas, he arose immediately, and all that dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So, how much was Peter being the very embodiment of what we just read in the previous book in John, that he was doing a great thing? I don't know that this particular thing was something greater than Jesus had done, but it was certainly a great thing in that there was a sick man that had been confined to his bed with the palsy for eight years, and Peter went through the power of Jesus Christ, and he raised him from his bed. And what was the result? The man immediately got up. It wasn't one of those, we'll continue praying about it and continue speaking positive over yourself, and maybe something, maybe you'll feel better throughout the week. Sometimes that happens. But he immediately was healed, and he immediately got up and made his bed. And then what happened in the world? What happened in the community? They believed 
because they saw signs and miracles and wonders. Now, that is going to happen again. How do we know this? Well, because I'm such a positive thinker. Well, that might be true, but no, that's, that's not why we know this. We know this because remember that scripture we just read about greater things? Shall we do than Jesus did? Did Jesus heal the sick? Yes, he did. So we're going to heal the sick in an even greater way. I think of the Bible as being three basic eras. There was the B.C., the before Christ era, which was Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament. And then there was the era of the Gospels when Jesus actually walked the earth. Now, this is not necessarily something that they would teach you in seminary school, but this is the way that I think about it. There was a second era, era when Jesus walked the earth. Jesus was with us in the flesh. And then there was the era that began once Jesus was crucified and resurrected, which is the after Christ era, the Anno Domini, or the in the year of our Lord era, where Jesus is with us via the Holy Spirit that he left behind, that he poured out in Acts chapter 2. But here's the interesting thing that I like to point out. Peter, right here, when he is raising Aeneas from, the, from being sick, he was in this, the very era that we are in today. He was in that Jesus has been crucified and resurrected and era. So Peter is not walking around with Jesus at this time, is he? No. Peter is living in the same dispensation that you and I are living in today. Sure, they kept recording scripture. Paul still had a lot of writing to do. But whether that had ever been written down or not, whether God had chosen us to get, chosen to gift us with the rest of the New Testament, it wouldn't have changed the fact that Jesus died for our sins and that he was resurrected and that he ascended to the Father and that greater things shall we do than he did. And Peter is living proof right here that miracles did not cease, that the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit was just getting started. The man was sick for not just, not just a little while, eight years, and he was immediately healed by the power that was on Peter, by the miracle through Jesus Christ that Peter did. That's good, isn't it? It gets better. It gets even better. Because see, this man was only sick. Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. How would you like to be called Dorcas? No wonder she went by Tabitha, right? By interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Now, if you read the uh, uh, more recent translation, it tells us that she was wealthy, not monetarily, but it tells us that she was wealthy in gifts of kindness and good works. She was rich, actually, it says, in, in acts of kindness and good works. So that's important to keep in mind that she was a very good deed-doer for the gospel. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. We didn't need to know what she was sick of. We didn't know, need to know how long she suffered. It just tells us she was a woman who was rich and doing good deeds. She got sick and she died. Whom they had washed they laid her in an upper chamber. So she was dead. How dead was she? She was so dead that they had already washed her. What do you have to do to wash a, a corpse? Not to be indelicate, but you, you strip them of everything that they have on them, don't you? You don't wash them with their, their garments still on. So this woman had, had given up the ghost. She was, she was no more. So they would have removed everything that she had on her, and then they washed her. Now, you know, if 
if people are going to take off everything that you've got on and wash you, and this might sound funny, that's not really what I'm trying to, trying to do, but you better be completely dead. Your, your kinsfolk and those who are caring for you are going to strip you down and wash your body to, and then take you to the upper place. You're not just sick, you're quite dead. And for as much as, as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, so the place where Peter had just helped out Aeneas was very near to where Tabitha had died. And his disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. So Peter, we need your help. Come and help us out where we are. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. All the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. We were told that she was a good deed doer, and what she was doing was making coats and garments and robes for the poor, for the widows. And it, they meant so much to everybody. She was so into this particular ministry that even though she was dead, washed, and ready to be buried, they were showing off and showing Peter, look what she made me. Look what she has gifted me with. Look at what she did when she was alive. See this coat? She made this by hand. You see this garment that I've got on? See this one that I've got hanging here? This came from her, Peter. This is what she provided for us. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand, and he lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. How amazing is that? He called them all back to him and said, Here's Tabitha, you left me with her, but things have changed ever so slightly. You know how she had passed away. You know how you were showing me all the good robes that she had made while she was here. You know how you used to tease her never, you know, about her name, Dorcas. That, that's irrelevant, never mind. You know all the good things that, that she did. You know how you washed her after you removed all of her clothing. You put her in the upper chamber. Well, all of that still stands, except that now she's very much alive. She was very much alive. And it was known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with Simon the Tanner. Glory to God. Aeneas had only been sick. Sure, it was eight years, but Peter did a great thing. Jesus did a great thing through Peter. He healed him. But here comes this woman that is so dead that she's washed, reclothed, ready for burial. I mean, she's completely dead, and Peter has done an even greater thing here, hasn't he? He has raised her from the dead. Now, the thing that is so amazing about both of these things is that when he, Peter performed both of these miracles, the people around saw and they believed. What state is it? Missouri? That's the show me state? Well, that might have that rep <laughs> it might have that reputation, but let me just tell you, seeing is believing. We serve God by faith, but there's a world out there where faith, unfortunately, is needing a little bit of a boost and whether they will believe it when they see it is completely up to them it's still going to take faith we cannot please God or serve God without faith that's just a given we can we can prove that scripturally however the seeing people be raised from sickness and the seeing people be raised straight out of the casket as they would be in our days straight off the morgue table 
help me get this toe tag off. I have been redeemed. I have been restored. I have been resurrected. That is going to get the attention of the world as a large. That's going to get the attention of the unbeliever. And let me tell you something that's sad and happy all at the same time. That is going to get the attention of the church. Y'all, that's going to get the attention of the church that Jesus established. That is us today. We have the ability and the power through Christ Jesus. Same dispensation that Peter was in. Same exact era. Under the same grace, under the same teaching, having the same scripture that Peter had. In fact, <laughs> that's not true. We have more scripture than Peter had because we have the rest of the New Testament. I was referring to the, uh, to the Old Testament. Having based everything on that Old Testament, Peter based what he had and what he did on his knowledge about Jesus. Amen? And we're doing the same thing, aren't we? We do what we do in Jesus' name. Now, there is a resurrection happening. Again, why do I know that? Because greater things shall we do. Just as Peter raised Tabitha in Jesus' name, we can expect these. We shouldn't hope for them. We shouldn't just think that they might ha happen, but we should plan for them. Because they are on their way, greater things shall we do than even Jesus did. They're on their way. People believing because of what is going on in the church, people being drawn, it's on its way. And it can start any day now. I told you a few weeks ago, and God worked this out so well, that we need to start keeping the baptistry full so that when our Ethiopian eunuchs come and say, what's to stop me from being baptized now? We can say, nothing at all. Let's get a towel. Jump in. There's water already in it. We're not going to have to wait for it to be filled. We're going to start seeing people to say, I, I need to be baptized today, I believe. Or, or I'm a believer, but I have had a refreshing of the Spirit today. I feel that I have been raised from the dead today. I feel that I walked in here dead, burdened, like I've been stripped down naked and washed by the world, and I've just gone ahead to the graveyard. That's how I felt when I came in today. But praise God, He has resurrected me by His power, and I know know that I've got more good deeds to do. I know that I have got more ministry to do. I know that there are widows and orphans and people who need to see what God has done in my life that I am going, going to accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me get back in the water. Let me get a fresh, a fresh start. Baptize me today and let's get on the road to doing what we need to do. Now, here's the other thing that is so very powerful about this second miracle that Peter did in this chapter for Tabitha. Tabitha was a robe maker. Remember the title of the message, Raising the, a Robe Maker? That's what she did. That was her ministry. Again, they were showing off what she had done when Peter came and uh, before he even resurrected her. And if you look at robes or garments dresses we might call them in the hebrew meaning in the scripture this represents a mantle or an anointing did that click with anybody do you remember when elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire and elisha his protege picked up his spiritual mantle his spiritual robe or garment and he placed it on himself and he received not only that anointing but a double portion because that's what he believed for you see a mantle and a literal mantle is a garment a thing that you put on you but spiritually speaking it represents endowment power anointing so when i tell you today that god is raising dorcas's robe makers i'm telling you that 
God is not only saying, I'm not done with you, I've got more for you, but there's more anointing than you even knew about. You knew about the anointing that you had in the past, and you thought you were done with that. You thought when you got washed by your friends and they gave you up for dead, you thought that your ministry, the anointing in your life was over. But good news, because God is raising the robe makers. You thought that your ministry had reached an end. You thought that what God had called you to do, the life and the family and the home life, you thought it was over? It's not over. It's just beginning. Jump back in the pool. Let's start fresh. I guarantee you, Dorcas hadn't made her last robe when she was raised from the dead. I bet you she got right back into what she was doing because she was an anointer. She was, well, in the physical sense, she, her ministry was, was clothing the widows and clothing the, the various people that she knew. And y'all, when God raises us, when God resurrects us, we need to understand that now is the point where we begin walking maybe even greater than ever in the anointing that God has given us. Do you receive that this morning? Can you acknowledge that God is not only giving us a fresh start and he's going to do even greater things, but he's raising a robe maker. Another title that I thought about was manifesting a mantle maker. You are all robe makers, whether you realize it or not, because you all have an anointing that God has given you. We get so laden down with, with the things of the world we get so preoccupied with entertaining ourselves I mean don't we we get so preoccupied with other projects that are going on right I mean we got to finish binge watching you know all of the episodes of that show from 1990 right I mean we just got to finish it we just got to finish it it was such a good program but if we're not careful that takes our focus off of what we need to be doing. It takes our focus off of what we know God has called us to do. So let me assure you this morning, Tabitha, Dorcas, all you robe makers, that the power of God is here, and he is ready right this minute to resurrect you. Maybe you're an anus. Maybe you're just sick. Maybe it's been eight years, and you just need a fresh touch. You haven't gotten that far. I said anus. However you pronounce it, I don't know. Transliteration. Leave me alone. Y'all lay hands on Diane right now. <laughs> hey, maybe you're at that point, but maybe, maybe you walked in here this morning feeling completely dead, and it was all you could do to actually make it to God's house today. That's not a criticism on you. That's not a you're so unholy kind of statement. That's saying that, hey, junk happens. And sometimes life, family, kids, Diane, things drain us, you know. <laughs> things, things come against us. Seriously speaking, the enemy buffets us daily. When he stops doing that, that's when you really need to worry. Because he's already, he's already beaten you. He's already won. So what I want you to do today is get ready to receive a complete resurrection as if you were dead. Maybe there have been impurities that have entered into your life. Maybe sin, things that you know you should not be doing, that you keep on justifying and rationalizing, have entered into your life. And it's time to get shed of those things. It's time to get rid of them. Those things that take priority over God, 
when we entertain ourselves and sometimes even making a living can fall into that category. God wants us to be able to make a living, but he never intended for us to put that above him. Amen. I could go on and on and think of many examples. That's really not the point. The point is that if you came in dead today, my fellow rub makers, God wants you to be resurrected so that you could continue to pour out the anointing, so that you can continue to distribute robes and mantles. Amen. Do you receive that today? Count with me. One, two, three. Pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Father, for your presence today. We thank you, God, that you ain't done with us yet. We thank you, Father, that your goodness is just as good as it was in Peter's day. Lord, we thank you that your power is just as powerful as it was when you resurrected your son, Jesus, from the dead. Father, we thank you that your healing, abundant healing power, Lord, is going to be even greater in this generation than it was in those days when Jesus walked to the earth. Father, help us to believe that. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our determination, Lord. It's a day of new beginnings. You need healing for your body because you have suffered too long and you're sick of it. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's time to come. Let us lay hands on you. Receive your healing today. And if you're just feeling spiritually dead, don't think for a moment that God has abandoned you. He's ready to resurrect you. He's ready to take you into the next step of what he has called you to do. And every one of you have a calling. Leave your seats. Find a place to pray. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our cash app, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.